In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And I watched a delightful movie on Netflix. In stark contrast to Hubie Halloween, I watched A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. I didn't know that babysitters knew how to hunt, mon- oh, hunt monsters. Oh, wait. Oh, but wait. Like Van there's Helsing, yeah, kind there, of? There's a book, and, you know, read the book, stay alive. There's a whole secret thing. Rosa Parks was a monster babysitter hunter, a babysitter who hunted monsters, as was Einstein and um, other people. Those are only two I remember. But it's a whole thing. And who is the boogeyman? Who is the grand guignol? Who sings and does not does not Captain Jack Sparrow his way through it? But that's the closest I can think of to give you a visual. I'm, I'm picturing a pirate uh, dancing about, um, acting like he can't walk on land and has definitely consumed at least two bottles of rum before the sun came up. Well, close. Close. I want to get a, a good photo for you because I want to see if Adam can guess who it is. I was looking at him. Uh, I was looking at him and all I could say, I don't know how it came to me, but I didn't recognize the voice, but I'm looking at this guy and I said, I'm thinking Harry Potter. I'm thinking Harry Potter. It is Tom Felton. Draco Malfoy. Himself. Is. And he's fabulous. He he does. He's the boogeyman? Yes. He he does he does a little thing. He's he's fabulous, uh, and he's not he's as over the top as he is supposed to be in this role, and he's uh, a snarky, bitter bad guy. I mean, he can he can play bad. Yeah, but he's not okay. He's bad, but still, I enjoyed him immensely, and uh, he would make a great costume. And it has been clearly clearly set up to have sequels, and. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it, I wasn't the the demo. The star is a 15-year-old girl in real life, and it's about this girl who she told someone how when she was a kid, she saw a monster, and so everyone calls her Monster Girl, and she feels as like an outcast at school, and it turns out she really did see a monster, and so she has to miss a party and go take care of this kid who just can't get to sleep and it's because of the monsters and it turns out that every every few years there's a kid whose dreams really do come to life and so the boogeyman who is also called the grand guignol and I, by the I way really, that's a thing i really thought that was just a no a, a, a gnome de plume you decided to no no that's his name grand guignol uh he, so he's french i guess oh very very. And he sings sort of a little. But Tom Felton does a lot of that on his TikTok. I do watch Tom Felton's TikTok because it is that entertaining. I would I would wager that most of the Harry Potter kids are pretty pretty well set. Or the, the major ones are pretty mm-hmm. well set for the rest of their life. Tom seems to have had like an interesting little career post post Potter. Um 
I, I would say you don't have to pick anything to make sure that like, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping the, the walls up around you or you're making sure that you eat. Um, cause I think he did a stint on the flash. Well, that's interesting. Isn't it? And that's, that's what he looks like in the show. And now he's playing the boogeyman on the babysitter's guide to monster hunting. So did I get that correct? Yes. Okay. So he has borrowed a jacket from Prince. He's got a vest from Captain Jack Sparrow. He's got hair from probably some something from David Bowie as well. Yeah, I can see a lot of that. He, he robs something from the Goblin King. Uh, and he's he wears the tie. Even he's quite delightful, really. Anyway, there there is a secret society of these babysitter hunter type people and every nightmare you can think of they talk about and how to defeat and the grand guignol wants to make earth a living nightmare and in order to do so he needs a child whose dreams can come to life feed the nightmares and then he can release them and so you would then live, but the child has to stay asleep in order for that to happen. And of course, this is a kid who it takes three hours to put him to sleep because he doesn't want to sleep because he doesn't like the nightmares. So there's all that happening. Well, it, it would be a lot less interesting if he was just like, well, I'm, and I'm at hand down. And you've got. That's the reason why they don't go through my dreams. <laughs> like, just be like, oh, I've been up for 27 hours straight. I just. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the toadies are amusing and they. I thought it was exactly what it should be. There were, I'm trying to think if it would be, I guess it would be disturbing, maybe some disturbing images of like shadows and like the hands coming out of the closet. That's some scary looking stuff for anyone of any age because it's really well done. You know why? Two words, Ivan Reitman. You're welcome. That? Yep. Ivan Reitman? Yep. For those of you who don't know, he does know a little thing about, shall we say, ghoulish and ghostly yes. things and this was you could tell reitman did it because i was thinking this is really much better than i thought it would be after i realized that was tom felton because for the most part and this is not a slam to them at all but i basically it looked like disney kids you know and, and as well they should but it's like a benetton ad and you have every single everything you have Overweight, nerdy guy. You have um, tough talking but heartbroken, dresses like a guy, girl. I wonder if You've Disney got... just has like a warehouse full of like whatever stereotype of child they need. And they're like, Ed, can you bring me number 512? <laughs> yeah. One of those. Yeah, I need one. Actually, uh, 513. Like it, it just, there's slight variations on like the shade and mm-hmm. color that they need. And they're like, uh, let me see one. Uh, Six seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's what I'm looking for right there. So that was my take on them, but everyone should be represented as much as possible. So I don't mean that in that way. It just seems maybe just seems so obvious with Disney. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying to say anyway. And the the kids were fine. I have no complaint about them at all. It's just you have the kids that look like they came off of a Disney show, and then you have Tom Felton and other nefarious types and. It was really well done and way more fun to watch than I thought it would be. And that's what I liked. I thought it would be better than Hubie Halloween, which really. Let's face it. It wouldn't take much. But I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And so there it is certainly worth watching. Again, it really depends on your kid. It's not, there's no... 
language or anything like that. It's just scary images. And if being in the dark and having something crawl out of your fish tank at you or the shadow monster is real. So if that you think will scar a child, don't let them watch it. But other than that, it's it's really pretty lighthearted. So in that aspect, they kind of take Monsters, Inc. in a... Yes. A hard U-turn that instead of them being like lovable and cuddly and Pixar-esque, they're kind of yeah. horrific. And one of them was literally a villain in Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. Not not that villain. Not the one that has the, the snake nose slits and bald no. head. And he's just lovely. And uh, I, I, I will probably watch it again just for his performance. And I think he, he was on the, the Flash for like a season or two. Yeah, he, he was. He was good there, too. Like, I, I actually like... Didn't care for the fact that he he didn't show up like the the season after, because um, I I was like, well, I'm kind of into this character. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that like he gets to do more than Draco. Yeah. Well, he's this this is probably my favorite performance of his. Actually, maybe it is because of the prince coat, and I'm just harboring feelings. But I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed what he did with it, and I thought it was fun. I mean, if people can say whatever they want to about Prince, and I'm certain multiple things have been, but like. He he definitely knew how to dress uniquely. Mm-hmm. I I think that's a fair state. And his outfit is specific enough that it could easily become a Halloween costume, for and just be super fun. And I I just liked it. So you have the monster. I've already forgotten the name of it. The babysitter monster hunter. What the monster? <sighs> the babysitter's guide to monster hunting. I believe. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Seems like Sabrina probably could have been hired as a babysitter for for this. So she seems like she would be adept at hunting monsters. Well, this is fascinating. Um, apparently, there's a, a long history of the Grand Guignol. Not necessarily in this movie, but it came from French theater in the late 1800s. So there, and it has to do the the Grand Guignol was a big puppet in the French theater. So that, that, that likes that likes scary things. Well, with so a name with would, a name like that, sure. Now that I know that, that explains his hand motions to me. They are reminiscent of a, a marionette type of puppet. Ooh, next level stuff. Well, I mean, honest to goodness, like that name right there would have been right at home in a sequel to Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Right there, absolutely. So I think you should watch it. You are listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Henson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Allen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching. And on Netflix, you have the lovely Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. But that's not all. That's no, there's, not all. there's quite a bit on there. There are a lot of other Holy things. Holy cow, yeah. So many other things. And one... I don't think that I spoke about, it's also on Netflix, and I think we just all of a sudden had so much stuff. Did we speak of Enola Holmes? I think you and I talked about it off mic, but ah. I don't I don't actually think that we have discussed it or reviewed it on the podcast. Well, Enola Holmes is on Netflix. Also, delightful. And just, I believe Henry Cavill is... Yes, not the guy who played Jesus, but this is The Witcher. Or or Superman, uh, oh, yeah. deb- depending on where like you you've seen him from. There there is actually a, a delightful meme out there that says you either uh, die here a hero or live yourself live long enough to see your health become Sherlock Holmes. And it's got a picture of Robert Downey Jr. 
um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Henry Cavill. <laughs> I was like, well, they're not they're not wrong there. Okay. So what what Enola Holmes is about? You have Helena Bonham Carter is the mother of Enola and Sherlock and Mycroft, and she and Enola have been living by themselves for a long time, and mom just leaves. Boom, she's gone. Probably to go make a Tim Burton movie. Exactly. I would guess. And so then Enola, whose name is Elone backwards, she has adventures. And it turns out she is very much like her brother, Sherlock, not so much like Mycroft, who is usually played as a bit of a pill. And uh, he is played as a bit of a pill here as well. And so she learns things and does Sherlock Holmesian things, and it's fun, and it's 11, and 11 is growing up, and it's fun. I liked it. I wonder if when Ian Fleming created Bond, or when Arthur Conan Doyle, or Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, created Sherlock Holmes, do you think that they ever had any idea the longevity or the inter... Like, there have been cartoon series... There have been how many movie adaptations of Sherlock Holmes? There's plays of it. Um, I know that they had a James Bond Jr. cartoon, like featuring the, I think it was his nephew or something like that. Like these characters have been reinterpreted, like recast so many times. Like, and this is I'm, like, I, I haven't seen this one, but like, it, it seems quality. It, it seems, is. it seems interesting. But, like, what is it about, like, characters like that that lead them to multiple, like, interpretation and, I get, really a, a lasting kind of appeal? Because, uh, I mean, the Robert Downey Jr. movies, mm -hmm. like, the last of them was released in, what, 20? I mean, we're nine years removed from that. Wow, really? I th I, if I'm remembering correct. But I'm just saying, and even within that, I want to say concurrently, it was running with the Benedict Cumberbatch mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Sherlock Holmes and the on the elementary BBC. on CBS. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just saying, it, it's not even that you're waiting 10, 15 years for these characters to be recast. Sometimes they're running at exactly the same time. I think where Sherlock Holmes is concerned, the character almost makes magic real because it seems like what he is doing is just magic. But what he's doing is taking in everything, every single detail and having an incredible knowledge of everything and piecing it together faster than everyone else. So I think part of it is the character just comes across as it's magic, but it's the kind of magic I could actually do if I chose to learn all this stuff. Like what, what's the saying goes, um, magic is only science I haven't figured out yet. Mm -hmm. It. I mean, it's almost Shakespearean in the way that, like, Romeo and jo Juliet has been set. In I haven't how many... seen Romeo and Joe. What, Ro <laughs> well, no, that's, that's a different interpretation. Um, <laughs> well, actually, you, technically, it probably was Romeo you, and Joe when they first performed it. Shakespeare seems to be another one that you can take. You can put it into different time periods. Mm -hmm. Like, you can do a period piece with it. You can do a literal adaptation of it. I'll tell you this. It. When it comes to Romeo and Juliet, Joe, Romeo and Joe, all I know is... Leonardo DiCaprio made a huge impact on 13-year-old girls just a year ago. And that, That's and all they remember. Well, I mean, not for nothing. Like, he made an impression on me. And I am not, as you know, a 13-year-old girl. Allegedly. Allegedly. But... Time, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 
That is fascinating, really. And in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories, there is no mention of a younger sister. But the way this is told, the brothers knew she existed. But for the most part, she was born much later than they were and just raised by their mom and they were adults and yada yada. So it, it fits in nicely. There are lots of Easter eggs for people who love these things. And it's, it's lovely. And I enjoyed it. And even if you don't, I'm a huge fan of Holmes as as Adam, but I think even if you don't, you know, Sherlock Holmes, mystery guy, whatever, I think you would enjoy it regardless because it's just a good movie. Best movie ever? No, but delightful. I mean, he's he's kind of the first procedural. Like, yes, I mean, even if you wanted to, I, I can see like the, the lasting appeal or the ability for him to continue to tell stories about him. Just that you you literally just have to take this character and go, and here's a mystery there. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need an elaborate, like, okay, if you're doing something about the assassination of Kennedy, that's a very specific set of circumstances and time. You can't just, like, if you wanted to tell a, another story about that, like, you can't necessarily because there are certain things that have to happen. With Sherlock Holmes, literally, you just need a, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Or a, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Perot. Um Poirot, yeah. Fabulous. I mean, again, another character that's been reinterpreted multiple times, but all you have to do is just be like, all right, there's been a murder. And who was it? Um, <laughs> Ta-da! So those are both on Netflix. Um, Enola Holmes, which is set up to have more of those, and I hope they make more of them. And The Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, which they did a really obvious, we're going to leave this string and that string and talk about where we're going next. So for the next one, I do not see the next one not happening. So there's bound to be another. And I mean, that's... That's almost like given at the in It was this almost like a, a Marvel movie end scene. I mean, for for as funny as it is that they lost a lot of their main characters because they were going bankrupt in the mid nineties, Marvel really has kind of set about the way that like you do franchises or you do Easter eggs or mm-hmm. you you kind of tip your hat or you lead people into where they're going next. In a way that, like back in the day, you know, it, it, you didn't you didn't get to go like episodic. Like you you told a story, you self contained it in two hours. Now everybody's like, oh yeah, this can go twenty movies or this can go eight mm-hmm. seasons if it has to. Whereas in you know back in the day, like you your, your sitcom like had this had that. Every the status quo didn't change over however right. long your show ran. Now. You're allowed to do all these things, you know, have significant changes happen season to season, or even just be like, yes, this is a seven-part series. And that's just how it is. Hopefully we will be able to tell this story. Exactly. So those are just on Netflix. Sure, I've watched a bunch of other stuff on other things, but I just thought I'd give you those. Both worth your time. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Craven. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.